Hi and welcome to my gospel journey. I've been talking about this um, for the last couple of weeks and um, I feel as though when I get these sort of downloads or something nudging me, um, I, sent, I tend to start seeing people saying things that are not right and that that is what makes me um, push forward to then do my own studies. I'm looking at 2 Timothy 3 again. I've got several of these on my podcasts and um, I will put this one on as well because I have promised myself that I will do um, a thorough um, study on this. So 2 Timothy 3, what does it really mean? Um, let's have a look at 2 Timothy 3 and and what it really means. Um, the headings are that it talks about perilous times um, and perilous men. Very interesting this. And it also talks about the man of God and the word of God. So let's read it. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For any of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Jans and Jambre resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Whew, I had to take a breather then because after reading that the first time, I thought this was about people in the world. We have been led to feel that this is about the people in the world and, you know, us Christians are going to be raptured, we don't have to worry about it, but this is what's going to happen to them we're not going to be here, are we? So why would it matter? Why would we care about what's going to happen to these ungodly people? It doesn't make sense. But reading this again using Strong's Concordance, I actually feel differently. 
and I'm going to show you using Strong's Concordance. The Bible says the truth will set you free. So what I'm going to do is read it and then give you my opinion based on Strong's Concordance. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. So what does it mean? This is clearly telling us that in the last days we will see, take that into account, we will see that perilous times will come. Troublesome times shall come. Then it says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. So what does Strong say? It says this, for whether male or female shall be too intent on one's interest, selfish, loving money, boasters, showing oneself above others, overtopping, conspicuous above others, preeminent, which I believe means high in rank, people being promoted, for instance, within the church. Blasphemers, which means speaking evil, slanderers, reproachful, railing, abusive, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Now here, it is particularly really interesting for the simple reason that it mentioned unholy. This is where we must use wisdom, folks, because people have been unholy basically since time began. As we know, we have had religious wars for many, many years. So that was when I realized that this is not talking about just the world. Or is it talking about the world at all? Is it actually talking to the church? And so it continues. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good. Strongs, what does it say? Without natural affection, that means without natural affection, unsociable, inhuman, unloving, without a treaty or covenant of things, not mutually agreed upon. For instance, abstinences from hostilities. Now, as we know, abstinences is a moral issue, which often meets a lot of hostilities, even among the Christians. So what next? False accusers, which means prone to slander. Slanderous, accusing, falsely, incontinent, which means without self-control, by the way. We're guilty of that. Despisers of those that are good, opposed to goodness and good men. They're not going to see that people are trying to tell them the truth. They're not, they won't see it. They just think that we've got things wrong, for instance. Okay, 3.4, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Traitors clearly a betrayer. And the first thing I thought of was Judas who betrayed Jesus with a kiss on the cheek. Heady, which is recklessness in these end days. And high-minded, which is about being puffed up with haughtiness or pride. And lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And this continues. There's no full stop here, by the way. It just continues and it gets interesting, as you will see. This is why I study the word of God and not just read it. That's why the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15 that we must study and show ourselves approved unto the Lord because the Lord knows our hearts. We do try and tell people, but the Lord knows our heart. He knows that we are trying to be the five wise virgins, giving this information to the five unwise virgins but they're not listening. They're puffing up their chest, as you will see.
So let's go back a little bit and then go back to what I wanted to say. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Now, of course, we're going to turn away from those in the world because we're meant to. But it's very difficult when you're working um, in this world. So what is it really saying, do you think? I think it's talking about the church. I think it's asking us to turn away from people in the church that have a form of godliness. Now, this is where you will see the full stop is at the end of this sentence. And this is, this is why I believe this is about the church, not the world. Because the world is lost in any case. So here it is. This is my interpretation based on Strong's. Having the mere form of godliness but deny oneself the strength, the power, the ability thereof. From these turn oneself away from. They don't recognise the power of God. Because if they did, they would not have taken the rattlesnake for a start. So there you have it, the long list and then a full stop at the end. So think about it. Why would the person have a form of godliness but deny oneself the strength and power and ability and to turn oneself away from them? We, the church, have to turn away from those in the church that have a form of godliness. From this, I basically got a revelation. And that was the men in the suit that have the little white collar on, surrounded by black surrounded by darkness with the whole suit. That little bit of white is the form of godliness and the rest of the cloak is in darkness. So the white represents a form of godliness and that is the way that I see it. For of this sort are they, that's referring to those with a form of godliness, by the way, which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, comma. Now I'm going to explain that and I will bring into this 3.7 as well, which says ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And you'll see why I've done that in a minute. So let's go to Strong's and see what it says. Then it says, for out of this sort are they that, and here it is, creep means to put on, to envelope into hiding, literally to put on, clothe with a garment. The interesting word is hide into. Property, wealth, goods, and indeed, and indeed to make captive silly women to heap together with sins, to lead or to take with one of various sorts of desires, craving, longing, desire for what is forbidden, lust. Now the following verse 3.7 which says, as I mentioned before, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth is in the same context which nicely follows on from the previous paragraph. When you read Strong's, it's obvious. We can't all be right. Many Christians will think people like me, of course, are, are arrogant and not reading the Bible. So let's see what the interpretation is in Strong's, shall we? At all times to increase one's knowledge and never, and never to be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And it ends there. So they will not be able to access the truth. And in verse 8, as you will see, that others will oppose the truth altogether and turn away from the truth. 
but will embrace lies. And this is something that is very common, by the way, and very apt for the times that we are in, because I've said so many times that we are not the restrainer, for instance. I've said the earth is flat, for instance. The story of Lot, they've got it wrong, for instance. But although they cannot refute what I've said because I've based it on the word of God, they ignore what I say or they block me. And then they bring the Calvary, try and sort me out, and I still stay stuck to my guns, I still read the word, and they don't get it. But I've sown the seeds, and hopefully they will come to the truth, and hopefully it won't be too late for them. So that ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth is what is happening now. They just can't see it. Now, 3.8 is very interesting and required a lot of um, reading, to be honest. Let's read. Now, as Jans and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. What does this mean exactly? It's very complicated, I think, because I thought, what's Jans and Jambre? You had to study it to find out what it is. And of course, it was in Strong's. Now, this gives you a better idea. So I'm going to read it um, as I um, found it as well. Now, as Jans and Jambres withstood, which are two Egyptian magicians who, in the presence of Pharaoh, imitated the miracles of Aaron in order to destroy his influence with the king. The author of the epistle derived their names from the tradition of the Talmudists and the rabbins set oneself against to withstand, resist, oppose or to, or to set against Moses. Now in Strong's it goes into details about Moses and it says that says this, Moses is the legislator of the Jewish people and in a certain sense the founder of the Jewish religion. He wrote the first five books of the Bible, commonly referred to as the books of Moses. So do these. Who are these? Jans and Jambres, who withstood against Moses, also resist the truth. Men of to be destroyed, to perish, are corrupted in mind, a reprobate concerning the faith. So from what I can gather and what I read, Jans and Jambres withstood against Moses and that's what's happening today. People are not listening. They're just like Jans and Jambres withstanding against Moses. They're resisting the truth and they will be destroyed. Their minds are, um, are corrupt and they've been turned over to reprobate mind. That's what the Bible says. I don't know where that is now. It just came to my mind just now. Let's move on. 3.9, 2 Timothy 3.9. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all as theirs also was. Let's read Strong's and get the understanding. But they shall go forward no further, for their want of understanding shall be evident, or shall we say clear unto all as theirs also was. So it seems that just as Jans and Jambres stood against Moses in the presence of Pharaoh and did not go any further, then so will it be the same to those whose understanding is clearly futile in these end days. This is what I have seen from the scriptures, by the way. I'm hoping that you will read it for yourself, which is why I'm putting all the um, information on the screen for you to see it for yourself and read it for yourself. Okay, 3.10. 
but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. And when you put this in Strong's, it says that thou means you. So let's study. But you hast fully known my teaching, instruction, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. So those that are wise, in my opinion, will know the teachings because the lamps will be full and I hope that mine is full and stays full, unlike the five unwise virgins. Persecutions, afflictions, which come unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. So let's put this in Strong's and read it again. Persecutions that which one suffers or has suffered, which came unto me at Antioch. This is what Strong's has described as Antioch, being the capital of Syria, situated on the river Orontes, founded by Seleucus Nicanor in 300 BC, and named in honour of his father, Antiochus, Many Greek Jews lived there and it was here that the followers of Christ were first called Christians at Iconium, at Lystra. What perfections I endured, but out of all the Lord delivered me. This is complicated, but this is the way that I can explain it plainly for you to understand. 3.12 Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You see, there it is again. Those who live godly in Christ Jesus will go through persecution. I said this before, and it is also in Thessalonians. So let's cross-reference to um, Thessalonians, First uh, Thessalonians, verse, um, sorry, book three, verse six. It actually mentions Timotheus, funny enough which I do know is known as Timothy. I've not gone to check that again, but I do know that Timothy comes from the word Timotheus. That is his real name. This is not a coincidence, folks. I didn't even think about this verse until I, started, until I looked at it for this um, study now. God is fantastic. If you seek, you will find. That's what the word says in Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. Do not be deceived, folks. It is all there. The Bible will give you spiritual discernment if you read, if you study it, if you do not divide the truth. If you read it as it says in 2 Timothy 2.15, you will get it. So let's now read 1 Thessalonians 3 before we go on to um, 2 Timothy 3.13. That no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily when we were with you, we, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass. And ye know, for this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means a tempter have tempted you, and our labour be in vain. But now, when Timotheus came from you unto us, and brought us good things of your faith and charity, and that ye have good remembered of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, 
we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. Okay, 2 Timothy 3.15. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So what does that mean exactly? It means this. But evil men and deceivers and impostors shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. This is clearly happening in, in these rapture groups, folks. I see the same vomit of information going round and round and round. The repeated lies and more lies and more lies. It just never stops. And no matter what I say, it makes no difference. It just continues. And they will never come to the truth, just as it says in 2 Timothy. I think it's verse 6. Let's have a look. Have I got this right? There we go. Oh, I thought I had it there. I've lost it. I know it is there anyway, but you heard me say it earlier. Here it is. Ever learning. Thank you, Lord. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And and we must understand that we will be persecuted. We've been persecuted now. It's not going to stop. This is going to continue. I can't believe that we are in the times that we're in right now. Do not be deceived, folks. But continue thou in things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned. Now, my understanding of this verse is that we must continue in the things that which we have learned and be assured of what we have learned. And I am. I often say to people that I'm comfortable with my truth while they puff up their chest, of course, ever learning and never come into the full knowledge of the truth. They get argumentative. They completely make utter fools of themselves. They're, some of them are just clowns. They're not listening. They don't understand. They won't see it. And that's it. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, this tells me that from a child, we have known the Holy Scriptures, which makes us wise unto salvation through our faith, which, of course, in Christ Jesus, our Saviour, our Redeemer. It does say, um, if you don't have faith, then basically you don't have anything. We have to have faith. All Scripture, given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, this tells me that scripture has been given by our God and profitable for our teaching and our learning and our instruction for a proof that by which a thing is proved or tested for correction, improvement of life or character in righteousness. So in other words, sound doctrine concerning the way in which man may attain a state approved of God. That's what Strong says. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, I wasn't going to study this part, actually, as it seemed pretty obvious when I read it, but I got a little bit lazy and I thought, hang on, something's telling me to study this again. So I did. I went into Strong's again in more detail. And at second reading, using Strong's, it, it does read slightly different. It actually says something very different when I, when I first read it. Perfect means complete, for instance. Perfect. So let's read this again. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly 
to furnish unto all good works. We can only be perfect in Christ, folks. I hope this has helped you. Um, please leave any um, comments. If you've got any questions, um, please just leave it below and I will try and answer it as best as I can. But please pray for discernment because that is the only way we're going to get through this, folks. The only way. Take care. Stay blessed in the Lord.